Welcome to another episode of Making Magic with your host, Bradley Morris from Magic Media. This is the go-to show for purpose-driven creators to get inspired with innovative new ideas to produce your educational content, build thriving online communities, and turn your message and into And action! Welcome, everybody. Uh, I have a guest today that I'm really excited to introduce to you all. As you know, at Magic Media, Magic Kids, uh, it's all about being creative, just finding unique ways to express your own gifts so that you can really reach people in their hearts, to open their minds, to educate, to inspire, to transform lives. And so today we have Cabrina Budwell, who is a former Disney trainer, speaker, and author who guides leaders on an adventure to discover the link between their story, system, and strategy that becomes their secret weapon. She's been featured by Rocky Mountain Marketing, ConvertKit, Interact, and MailCon. She specializes in frameworks and messaging, alignment for businesses to accelerate growth and attract their ideal audience. Cabrina integrates brain science, psychology, and gamification to help leaders create raving fans that come back again and again. Cabrina, thank you so much for being here on the Making Magic podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. I mean, where do we start? Do we want to start with uh, like these are all topics I'm I'm stoked to geek out on. Um, we've done a lot of experiments in gamification. We've done a lot of stuff using entertainment as a vehicle to teach and transform. Um, I know our audience here is really interested in learning how do you how do you mark effectively in a way that leads people forward on a transformational journey. Uh, is there mm -hmm. any one topic that inspires you the most to dig into straight out of the gate, or do you want me to pick? Um, so I think I'm going to let you pick. And then as we go through the conversation, I think that we will kind of cover everything because they all are intertwined so beautifully. Yes. Well, we're in a, we're in a changing landscape right now. I've been noticing, I mean, I've been at this a long time and I'm seeing the landscape change in how people are showing up, how they're engaging with email lists, engaging on social media um, what people are willing to spend money on versus what they're not going to uh, spend money on. What sort of trends are you knowing, noticing in the online marketing spaces that are actually working this day and age? Yeah, absolutely. So the number one thing that I'm seeing is community. Yeah. Because people, as we market to people, the market gets smarter. So we can't get away with the same things that you know, Target and Procter and & Gamble and all these big companies got away with 20, 30 years ago, because now people are like, oh, well, they're funneling me. It's become a verb that people are using. And so I'm very much against the funnel and the idea of pushing people through something as if we're squeezing them out the bottom of a um, tube. <laughs> yeah, like a cake tube. Cake. There you go. Exactly. Nobody wants that. Yes. And the thing about that is, is that once I'm funneled, why would I want to be funneled again? Yeah. And so many entrepreneurs and creators take their email list and treat it as if it's just an ATM. And a lot of people in the space tell you to do that. Of You can make money whenever you want. And there's some truth to that. But there's also, there's people on the other end of this. Mm -hmm. There's people like you and I who have feelings or trying to buy things that are productive for them, that are doing things that are helping them move themselves forward. And a lot of times we're just like, oh, well, we'll just send out a bunch of emails and then a certain percentage will buy and then we'll send out these many ads and then all of these things will start lining up and we're just going to follow the math. 
follow the equation that creates just another number for us, whether that's the bottom line ROI or that's the how many subscribers I have on my list. And we've completely disconnected ourselves while at the same time complaining that we don't have connection with our audience. And I can't see why. So it comes down to how do we actually connect with our audience in a way that is authentic, but that also is scalable. And those two things at face value don't seem to work together. But the thing about community is that community feeds into community. We're seeing this across the country with Taylor Swift and the concerts that she's been putting on and people standing in the rain for hours in Nashville and her still doing her whole entire set. We saw this when she was in a couple other states where people were in the parking lot because it was a sold out show, still singing and being there and being part of the community because that's what you do when you're in community. You're coming not just for the person running it, you're coming for the other people in it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And when you, when you create that village like experience, uh, it takes the pressure off of you as the leader of the space, the facilitator, uh, from having to be everything to everyone, because your job is then to, it's to facilitate, but it's also to create the connections amongst those people so that they can circle up and they can support each other as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to get everything in. Yes, exactly. So have you, are you seeing any trends in what's working in getting people into the community community space? Because I know a lot of people are skeptical or jaded, or they don't even know that they're missing out on community in their lives. And they're kind of siloed off over on Facebook or with the distractions and, or they're on another social media platform. But what you're talking about is probably more of like a closed container where everybody's there for the same reason, right? Yes. And so this can be somebody who's just following you on Instagram can have that community and that connection with you, but there has to be something that pulls them in. And that's where story comes into the picture. Because when we tell people a story and we do it in the right way, we're actually helping their brains fire in several different areas. And the more that we can create those connections in different areas of the people's brain. So talking about an auditory part, talking about somebody else talking to you, talking about, hey, imagine what it would be like when you get here, or here's where I was, and here's where I am now, and here's how I can help you and hold your hand through that process. All these different styles of the way that we talk to people are the ways that they connect to us. Because when we tell stories, people are able to put themselves in that position and see themselves as the main character even if it hasn't happened to them. That's how we as humans can empathize with people. That's how you go to a movie and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so moving or that was hilarious or that drew me to tears. Yeah, That's how we get into those places. And that's, think about any TV show that you're obsessed with. What they're doing is they're opening a loop and then they're closing it for you. But in this process, they're also opening another loop. And so through that process, they're taking you down this journey. So in taking that idea of the funnel and throwing it out completely and saying, I'm taking people on a journey. Here's the map of the things that I offer. And those are the places that we're stopping along the way. Yeah. And if you can really look at it that way, instead of just, okay, well, this is how I'm going to hurry up and make money. Yeah. The money will follow. And that's the piece that, 
I see so many people do it backwards. They're like, okay, well, this is the money goal I need to be at. And you need to know that. But at the same time, if you're not connecting with your people, you're never going to get to the money goal, no matter how many equations you've done, no matter how many spreadsheets you have laid out. Because people see right through it now. It's true. We're, we're used to the hey girl, hey, in our inboxes. We're used to all of the people from high school who have joined all the MLMs who are trying to get just another person in their downline. So as entrepreneurs with businesses are trying to use those same techniques to get people into our space, people are already going, oh, that's gross. I don't like that feeling that it gives me. I don't want to feel obligated because I happened to go to high school with you when you graduated in my class. So trying to attract people outside of that group is one piece, but telling stories and consistently telling stories over and over and over and over again, because social media, the algorithm is not always going to show you, even if they're on your email list, they're not going to open up every email and understanding that they're doing their own life and you are not the sender of it. And I think a lot of creators and entrepreneurs are like, oh my goodness, somebody unsubscribed or, oh, nobody interacted with that post that I did at 10 p.m. And they take it so personally when everybody's living their own lives and we just happen to cross each other's paths. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you cross like ships in the dark and sometimes you're spot on and somebody's like, oh my goodness, I needed that today. Yeah. And you'd be surprised who just watches and doesn't, the lurkers are usually your best customers. It's the likers who are the people that will just interact, but never actually make the move to do anything. So the more consistent you can be sharing over and over again until you're bored is going to be a way that brings people into you. That's beautiful. The, uh, for those of you out there that are grossed out by the idea of flushing people down your sales funnel, uh, we flipped it years ago and we came up with this idea of flipping the, the funnel upside down and turn it into a map. Whereas you're, you're guiding people up a mountain, you're the mountain guide and they're starting at base camp. That's kind of where your customer is. It's where they are on the journey. That's like that entry point. And then along the way, you've got the checkpoints and the checkpoints might be these different milestones of your different offerings that are kind of leading them to the top of the mountain. And the top of the mountain is your ultimate transformation that if people go through your whole process that your company or that your trainings offer, then that's how you get them to the top of the mountain. And being a mountain guide is a lot more inspiring than flushing somebody down a sales funnel. And you can have a lot of fun with the languaging because ultimately uh, you're guiding people on the hero's journey. And a lot of the time people try to position themselves as the hero in marketing, but really you're not supposed to be the hero. You're supposed to be the guide and, and your ideal customer is the hero on these journeys. And, and when you go from that lens, it's, you can write some really fun stories. Um, well, and I, then it becomes more, how am I connecting with you yeah. and how are we doing this together? And Hey, I'm a couple steps ahead of you versus, Hey, I'm this amazing human who is basically godlike. And we see this a lot in the space. Yeah. There's a lot of really big gurus out there that you've seen. I'm sure that there's one that comes to mind for everybody that's listening that you're like, Hmm. That's cool. I wonder how they got there. Do Are they actually a real person? Do they actually really do that? I can tell you, having written copy, having put together some of these people's courses and things like that over the years, as they've grown up into bigger people, 
they still struggle with all of these things. And a lot of them aren't even the people that sell when they're on the stage. They, they pay somebody else to do the sales pitch. So as entrepreneurs and creators, we're wearing all the hats and we have to get good at all of those things. But that's where community comes in too, because those can be some of your best employees that become your best team members. And those can be people that you can easily hand off those hats to that are willing to be the ambassadors for your brand and bring more people in. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious about uh, gamification from a marketing sense and gamification from a community sense. If you have a couple ideas that you'd like to drop on um, how can you use gamification from a marketing perspective and how do you use it as an engagement perspective once you have somebody inside of your community? Yeah, so if you're interested in gamification, Yukai Chow is one of my favorite authors and he's a got a lot of- he's, Yeah, he's yes, awesome. Yes, he's a fabulous human, um, has a lot of really great ideas behind gamification and really was a pioneer within the space. Yeah. But a lot of people look at gamification of the marketing side and the community side is different. And I think that if we can bleed them together a little bit more, we'll see that there's a lot of an easier way of transitioning because we're not building two different machines. Your business is one machine that works together. And there might be one part of the machine that does X and one part of the machine that does Y, but the better input we have, the better output we have. So when it comes to how do we create community through gamification, this means having opportunities for people to collaborate with each other, to network with each other, because we can't create community unless people are getting to know each other. And then we have to be the one who's facilitating people getting to know each other. That means inviting everybody on your list to a free Zoom call an hour, once a month, and putting them into breakout rooms and having one random topic that they can talk about. Or having a live happen on Instagram and have people putting questions and you're answering them, but then you're pulling other people in. This is something that's really easy to do on TikTok as well, of going live and just bringing your people in and letting them ask questions, letting them have a conversation with you. Because in the process of it being more gamified, we're also creating community through the fact of we're getting to actually know our people and then listening to what they're saying and regurgitating that back to them, which then makes better marketing. So we can look at good platforms that have a good amount of gamification that you probably haven't even noticed is gamification, such as LinkedIn. A lot of people do the points and how far you are on actually getting to complete. Because as humans, we want to get to that complete stage, which is why we open loops and close loops. But we see it so often now of like, you've got three more steps to complete your profile. It doesn't phase us anymore. So just like I was saying before, we're becoming wise to the marketing side of gamification. And so how do we start to use marketing that is actually drawing people down the road? And so thinking about games like D&D, Dungeons and Dragons, and how are we becoming, we're the dungeon master, we're orchestrating the story as we go through, but in that story becomes the game of people get to choose their own adventure. They get to have pieces. So a lot of the times that I will help my clients create quizzes, um, whether that's a front end quiz that gets people in as a lead or it's more high level quizzing that is inside of an email where once they click on one thing, I know that this is an interest of theirs. So I'm only going to talk to them about this thing 
versus trying to tell them everything that I offer. Because the longer that you're in this game of owning a business, it's easy to go, well, I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I'm good at this. And then you've got all these other people who are like, well, I'm multi-passionate and I can help people with all of these things. And that's fantastic. But a confused mind will always say no. So we're doing our people a disservice by not gamifying our emails, our marketing, our community, because then we're not giving them what they actually need. The whole idea behind gamification is to make it fun, but it also gives us more data at the end of the day to be able to say, okay, well, so-and-so let's pick like a card game. They picked an ace, a queen, and a king. So I know that these are the things that they need. I need to be talking about with them. But then my person over here who picked an eight, a two, and a six, I'm going to be talking to them about different things and having a path of a linear path to learning for each of those people. Beautiful. And for people that struggle, I I know plenty of people struggle with like, well, I could do all of these different things. Uh, I could offer this. I could offer that. Or they have like, you know, three different offerings, but they don't necessarily line up as cohesive and like a step-by-step path of like, go through this training, go through this, go through that. Uh, Do you have any ways to just help people uh, get clearer? What would you say to, to folks out there that just like, can't make a decision and like choose the path that's going to best serve them, their clients and and their business. Yeah. I just had this question yesterday on a zoom that I was running um, with 15 other business owners. And one of the people was like, well, I've got six different things that people could go into. And technically they could do a three month. They could do a six month. How am I supposed to know which one to give them without giving them several different options? And I want you to think about this as if you were talking to a toddler This is not to demean our clients. This is not to make it less complicated, but we don't like to make decisions. We're already in a spot as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as people in general, that we're in decision fatigue. We have to decide what to wear, what kind of coffee we're going to have, where we're going to go for breakfast, what we're going to do this today. And the more decisions we have to make, the harder it is for us to make decisions. Yeah. So when somebody comes into a sales call or to your email sequence, making it super simple. If it's not one-on-one like this, making it to where there's only one call to action. There should never be more than one link to click in your emails. You can have it in there several times, but we should never be giving them more than one because people just don't make decisions. They don't wanna take an action if there's too many options. When they're on a sales call with you, letting them listening to what they have to say and really active listening and taking notes of, okay, they told me X, they told me Y. Let's say that you're like this person I was talking to yesterday and you have a three or a six month option and they could fit into either one. Then we're asking qualifying questions of how fast do you want to accomplish this? If they say, I wanna get it done in a quarter, we go, okay, cool. 90 day sprint is fantastic. We're gonna put you in the three month program. And then I say, Based on what you're telling me, it sounds like this would be the best option for you. And then I present them with the one thing that's going to be the best option for them. Because then there is no, oh, well, you could do this or you could do this. And here's the benefits and here's the downsides. It's like looking at a sales page and going, 
okay, there's all these different options. And then looking at the little check marks and seeing, well, if I do this one, I get this, but if I, do I really need that piece? And how many times have you gone to one of those sales pages and just walked away because you were like, well, I'll look at this later. And most of the time we don't get to the later. Yeah. So active listening and then making sure that there's as few CTAs as possible for what you're trying to sell. Beautiful. That's, uh, that's great advice. And, uh, this is just another question, totally different direction, but I'm sure it's helped to be uh, a foundational piece in your life, your career, and how you approach business and creativity and, and ideas. But what are some of the top lessons you learned from working with Disney? Yeah, so many. Um, besides story being a key piece of everything that you do, yeah, it's having training for your people that is spot on all the time. I can tell you out of every organization that I've worked with, organizations that I've helped create their training, Disney is phenomenal at helping people buy into what they're doing as they come onto the team. Because if your team is not bought into what you're doing, they're not going to be able to be the greatest ambassadors mm -hmm. to help your, your audience buy into what you're doing. And so really understanding who those people are and Basically, what we called it at Disney is drinking the Kool-Aid or being sprinkled with the pixie dust <laughs> of really understanding what this is and having buy-in to it. Yeah. That this is not just me coming to work. This is me coming to work and serving the people that they're my people too. This is yeah. my community. It's not, a, not like a lot of other jobs that we see. And then making everything magical and taking people outside of what they're used to because it's a lot easier to change people's mindset and the way that they view the world when they're not in it. That's why when you walk into Disneyland, it's a totally different feeling. It's walking down that street. There's only one way in, one way out, which everyone, when he started that theme park was like, you're crazy. There shouldn't be only one way for people to get in. There should be multiple ways. And don't we do that as entrepreneurs? Yeah, I need all these different things, all these different ways for people to get in because I need to be able to grow faster. And sometimes that one way that's just nailed down and really dialed in is going to be the thing that actually gets people down the road that you want them to be in. I love that. Um, that's those some great, great lessons there. Um, I'm curious uh, if you have any strategies. So I, I'm just, I happen to be talking to a lot of creators that are like re reinventing their onboarding experience when somebody joins their email list, their kind of opt-in offering that brings people into their world. And so this is just a conversation that's consistently happening. Um, do you have any tips for folks around, you know, if you're designing your, your new opt-in and you want to apply storytelling to the journey you're leading people on to eventually make their first purchase. Is there anything that you should, that they should think about or consider when they're designing those onboarding emails? Yes, absolutely. So I love mini courses. I think that they're a great way to get people engaged. Uh, I just set one up for someone that was a quiz to a mini course and then an email series. And so walking people through, a lot of times we download things 
courses, PDFs, eBooks, and they just live on a proverbial library shelf in our computer. And we never actually get back to them. So as entrepreneurs, we send them out. We're like, okay, we checked that box. They're on our email list. And now they're going to get all of my marketing emails. We never actually walk them through the process of how do we get through that freebie and so that they get the value out of it that we spent so much time putting into it. Because just sending somebody a mini course or a PDF that gives them a lot of great value doesn't mean that they're actually going to do it. So walking them through step-by-step, if it's a mini course, sending out an email for each individual video and giving more information about that. Is it a little extra work on the front end? Absolutely. Does it remind the people that you came into their inbox and they actually know why they're getting things from you? Absolutely. And so that gives us more value because they're like, oh, well, if they're already giving me this much handholding and step-by-step process and thinking about my experience, we complain about user interfaces all the time when we go to websites. This is the same idea. What is the experience that my customer is having before they become a customer? Beautiful. What is it like when I walk into, like if we go back to the Disney thing, what is it like when I walk into a Disney store? What is it like when I walk into the Esplanade in Disneyland? There's already the music. There's already the fanfare. There's already the excitement. And I'm not even in the park yet. I haven't paid for my ticket. I haven't done anything. I can walk through downtown Disney for absolutely free. I can go through the Esplanade for free, but then I'm ready to buy the ticket and go down that main street because I'm excited about it. And most people don't create the excitement ahead of time. They're just like, okay, well, I'm going to do a launch and I'm excited for you because this is going to help me make money and then hopefully help you with whatever the problem is that I'm solving for you. So going back to, what we were saying earlier of we're not the hero of this story. Mm-hmm. This is their story. And we've created an atmosphere yeah. for them to step into. This is the setting of the story. We're creating a different setting for them to walk into so that they can make it to the next part of their story. Whether that's helping somebody grow their business or that's helping somebody learn how to knit or some of my clients who have helped people learn how to farm goats. You could be doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the experience design is such an essential piece that so many people overlook and it could be, um, we coined the term in a training we developed called the art of binge worthy courses called themification. When you give your training a theme, it turns it into a world that you invite people into instead of this two dimensional thing that people are reading or watching. Whereas like, you know, for that particular course, we did this like star Wars theme and we shot everything on green screen where we're showing people, how you can bring people into a world to be, e- and we were e-course adventure guides. Uh, the theme for one of our courses, the great e-course adventure, the journey was taking people to the top of the mountain. And we taught the character, or we taught the, the entire course. Every lesson was taught by different characters. It was kind of like Saturday Night Live meets um, Indiana Jones. Uh, for another course we did called Green Screen Magic, we literally rented this $300 magician's outfit and all of the, we, we were teaching people how to use a green screen to perform these e-learning illusions. Like there's, there's so many creative ways that if we just take like, once we get the foundational concept of what it is that we're teaching or designing, 
or trying to like guide people through, then we can be creative and like, okay, what is the most creative way that I can bring out my artistic expression to help facilitate this transformation, to guide people so that they actually want to pay attention so they can get the results that they're actually signing up for and paying for. When people get results, they tell their friends. If they don't get the results, they don't tell anybody. Well, and see, that's the thing is that together. Oh, can you re so, could you repeat that last part a little bit? It just froze for about four seconds. Yeah, no worries. So the definition of creativity is taking two things that don't seem like they fit together yeah. and finding a way to put them together. That's right. And so you have so many opportunities to take things that you're passionate about, that you geek out over, that seem to have nothing to do with what you're teaching or what your business is about and go, Oh, this is fabulous. I'm obsessed with swing dancing, trains, tap dancing, and uh, board games. And yeah. somehow I've been able to shove all of them into my business in a way that tells more stories and engages people. Yeah. And gives us the opportunity to have a really robust business that I'm not just drawing in the people from those communities, which does happen, but then I'm finding where, where are more of my people at? Yeah. A lot of times we think, especially like I train people how to get onto stages and they are like, well, I'm an entrepreneur, so I should be on an entrepreneur stage. I'm a real estate agent, so I should be on a real estate stage. And I'm like, no, because those people, it's saturated with the people that you're talking about. You're fighting from every talk with the other people in that room. What would happen if we went to a convention that had nothing to do with real estate, that had people who we know are your people who would be interested in investing in real estate or people that we know are more likely are already in our audience to start a business. Then we start to be the only person in the room and we have more opportunities and we're not constantly fighting because yeah. we're already different. We're already unique. Yeah. And people are attracted to the different and unique thing. Yeah, I love this. Um, the the idea of how to be the unconventional thinker in the space that everybody's gonna be like, whoa, this person's thinking different than every other person and to be the only one in the room with that particular perspective. And it does, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the, I know for myself years ago, I was just like, okay, I'm not only an entrepreneur inside of me is an artist. And whether you know, people's artistry is in writing or producing or making music or, you know, whatever the things are. It's like when we can mash these different parts of who we are together to then teach or facilitate the thing that we do, that's when our unique expression gets to shine through in the magical ways that it possibly can. It's when we're trying to do it how all the experts out there do it, whether it's a PowerPoint, a PDF, or, you know, it's doing your sales funnel, how they said to do your sales funnel if we don't bring that unique flair, people aren't going to recognize that you are the weird quirky one that they're wanting to work with. And so it's mm -hmm. a, a beautiful opportunity to flex our creative muscles to do something that nobody else could do because nobody else is you. Well, and to keep up with these big gurus who have millions of dollars to spend in ads, we have to be different yeah. because all they know how to do is throw money at something. Yeah. You have something that's so much more valuable to actually create change in the world and really help the people besides just having them be a number on a spreadsheet. Yeah. 
And this brings it back to community. Uh, if you're trying to figure out your thing, if you're trying to figure out how you could be more creative, if you're looking for a place, a sandbox to explore and to try things out and to test ideas, which is really, really important. So many people due to our educational system that feared them into not doing the wrong or to, to fearing wrong answers and making wrong attempts. If we have a community space that is a sandbox to say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Hey, check out this thing that I made. I haven't posted it yet. Like having that sandbox to play inside of that's safe, that's creative, that you can get authentic, genuine, caring feedback on these things you're doing. You might be surprised that people are like, oh my God, that thing that you did that you're super self-conscious about might be the thing that tips the scale for you. But because maybe you're in a silo or everybody feels like, okay, I have to create it and then post it on social media. Well, what if you had a sandbox that's kind of like the in-between stage that you get to test these ideas on, refine them before you put them out into the world. And that's the beautiful thing about having a creative community. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that's where masterminds come in. That's where group programs come in of people that are like you so that you can actually create something. It's called monetize before you make it. We're selling something because we know it's a good idea and we know that we can fulfill on it, but then we're letting our community help us shape that into what it needs to be. Because yeah. a lot of times, especially when we're in those silos and we're thinking to ourselves, we're not creating the thing that our people need. And then we're like, well, why didn't anybody buy it? Yeah. It's because it's not the thing that is actually solving the problem that they have right now. Yeah. So being in tech, a lot of people are like, well, social media is where it's at. That's the hot thing to be. That's where we need to be because that's where we're getting seen. It's like going to that cool frat party in college. And email is, oh, hey, I've settled down with somebody and I'm dating steadily. And that's just not as exciting and ready to get people engaged as social media. So how do we solve the problem of you need to have a system if people don't think that they need a system? And so having to really work through that myself, I've been able to see that for other people of what's the actual problem that my people are having? What are they complaining about at night? What is keeping them up at night? What is making it to where they're not moving forward in their life and their business? That's the problem that you have to solve first. And a lot of times we want to solve problem two, three, and four before we've ever solved problem one for them. Because we're like, well, that's easy. They can solve that. They, they can figure that out. But if we don't solve that problem for them first, they're never going to be able to get to the next step. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I'm aware of the, uh, the time. What, uh, do you have any offerings that can help people dig into some of these concepts on a deeper level that you'd like to, to share with people? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a free mini course for you guys at micdropmessage.com. And this walks you through how to create the right story, how to really pull the things out of your message that will make a difference in your marketing so that we're talking to the right people at the right time in the right place. So what kind of message are we putting out on LinkedIn versus our email list versus Facebook and Instagram? And then I'll also walk you through the Pixar story framework of how do we write stories that are intriguing, interesting, and that draw our people in but then also make it easier for us not to be the hero of the story, but to just be the guide on that story as they really fill into the hero that we know that they're capable of being. 
Beautiful. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a creative quest for all you people out there watching or listening to this. You should get on that. Um, I will have these links in the show notes that everybody can check out um, for all the people. I know the people out there right now, we've got a lot of coaches, creators, transformation facilitators. Um, I know, I know folks get discouraged. I know they get overwhelmed by the massive amount of things that they think they need to do. Do you have any tips to help break it down and prioritize what's most important that'll make the biggest difference for the bottom line? Yes. As an overthinker who gets overwhelmed very easily, um, I feel all of the people that are in this space. And what has very much helped me is getting out a spreadsheet or a piece of paper and writing down everything that I feel like I need to do. And then going through and prioritizing, getting three different colors of highlighters and literally triaging my life as if I was sitting in a hospital and the yellows are medium. The greens are things that can wait. And then red is needs to do right now. So making sure that I have that list, getting through each color as I go yeah. and then brain dumping anytime that I feel overwhelmed and getting that out into, I like to use the uh, notes section on my phone as well as on my computer because it syncs everywhere. So if I'm having a panic attack in the middle of Target, I can just type all those things out and go, okay, cool. As soon as I get home, I can color code these and decide if it really is something that I need to be doing, or is it something that I feel like I need to be doing because I happen to scroll past somebody who also is doing X, Y, and Z, and I didn't feel good enough in that moment. Right. Beautiful discernment there. Um, and mm -hmm. just a question I always like to to ask um, cause I think it helps people open their minds around what's possible because every entrepreneur I've ever interviewed and know has different business models. So for you, what is your actual business model? What are the ways that you generate revenue and what are the ways that you generate, um, new leads? Like what are the free things that you bring people into, um, to, yeah. to grow your business? Mm -hmm. So I primarily am a consultant at this point. I started out my business very service oriented. Uh, so I actually only offer a couple of things now. I offer VIP days and that's where you work one-on-one -on -one with me to build out a system, to come up with your framework, to actually create the quiz that you want to work with. And then I also have a back-end marketing agency that for certain clients that want to go deeper and have us write their messaging, write their copy, run their social media, or manage their email marketing, uh, that actually goes completely through my team. And then the third thing that I offer is corporate training. So I go into corporations and talk about productivity, how to automate better, as well as how to retain your team over time. Beautiful. See, that's, that's so cool that like, you're having these conversations and those are the ways you're generating revenue. And what about for generating new interest in your business? Yeah. So as somebody who trains speakers regularly over the last five years, I primarily speak as a way of bringing in new people because the best way to get new people is to be in different places that you're not just banging the gong to the people who have already heard you. We want to go into places where we're going to bang our gong and people are going to come in because they're interested. 
So the Savannah Bananas are a great example of this. They're in the process of doing their banana ball tour all over the U.S. And they weren't sure that it was going to work. This is the first year that they've done it. And they have sold out over and over and over again. And the wait list to get to a game is literally thousands wow. of people who will not get to see them this year. Wow. So they've created an atmosphere. They've created that community. They've created this place where they have more followers than other major league baseball teams because they've decided to change the game literally and make it something of their own. Yeah. And so thinking about the ways that you can change that and get in front of people and do things that bring your community in, but then have your community bring other people in. So just like Taylor Swift has her Swifties, who are your people? What are you calling them? What do they call themselves? What kind of groups are they creating? And, you know, this is where we see if you've got a bunch of stuff coming up on Etsy for your brand, you have made it because people are interested in helping you create alongside you. So looking at everything in this world that we're in as collaboration, not competition. Beautiful, beautiful. Some great words of wisdom. And where can people follow all your work? Yeah, absolutely. So I hang out on Instagram at Cabrina Ashley, as well as on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn as Cabrina Ashley as well. And happy to engage with any of you people. I love to answer questions after these to just see what did you take away? What kind of questions do you have? And what ways can I serve you better with the content that I am putting out? Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for all of the tips that you've shared today. I think this was really helpful. I know I'm inspired and uh, everybody, all the links are going to be in the show notes. So wherever you're watching or listening to this, check them out, go sign up for Cabrina's mini course and go have your mic drop moments out there. Thank you so much, Cabrina. Appreciate it. And everybody, you'll hear us next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Making Magic Podcast with your host, Bradley T. Morris from Magic Media. If you're inspired to leverage your life's work by crafting your transformational, educational, and inspirational media, thriving online community, profitable membership, or to turn your message into a movement, then head on over to magicmedia.com. That's M-A-J-I-K media.com and explore what our Creators Club or partnership opportunities have to offer you and your beautiful business.